Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hello and welcome to Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. I'm glad you're with us today. Today, I want to talk to you about the new release of developmental issues from the Center for Disease Control, the CDC. First, I think it's rather interesting, and I don't know if you do too, but the Center for Disease Control is supposed to be tracking diseases and what's happening. And they've recently released milestones for children. And I find it interesting. And that's what we're going to talk about today is what is happening as a result of the pandemic to our kids and what can we do to combat it? It is true that our children are developmentally delayed, emotionally hindered and hampered. They're experiencing a lot of social awkwardness. This isn't just among young children, but the recent CDC report was more specific that young children, they're, they're taking longer to take their first steps uh, or even smiling for the first time, waving goodbye. They're seeing side effects, or I would say slowdowns, on children and knowing how to play and how to interact and play with others, how to learn, how to speak, how to act, how to move. Have you noticed that? I bet you have. Even if you have been homeschooling or you have lived in a state that hasn't experienced the lockdowns, since March of 2020, everyone's lives have been interrupted. They've been some form of disruption. Unfortunately, the fallout of all of this is our children. And I I have to say, politicians are the quick to say, oh, we, we care about the kids, we want to protect the kids, and we need more money for the kids. They're, they're always, that's like a political thing that's always used. It's a political slogan, and it matters. Why? Well, because Department of Education gets a lot of money. School boards and unions, they get a lot of money. And that's a lot of money to throw around. And unfortunately, it's not always your children that are the benefactors of that monies. Oftentimes, it's the curriculum companies. We saw this when Common Core was coming down the pike. It was like, wait a minute, this is fuzzy math. And parents rose up, tried to you know, push back against it. To me, this is more heinous for this reason. It's our kids' future. Can I be more dramatic? It's our country's future. It doesn't matter what age your child is. Most of them have experienced some form of isolation, some reduction of getting together with their peers, some not playing sports or being more socially distanced. For pretty much, I would say 90% of Americans and those around the world, Your children have experienced life in a way that has never been experienced before. I've talked about this before, friends. You and I, you know, we struggle with it. 
what do we do and how do we navigate it? But our thought processes are much more developed than our children. Our children, if you were born right around the time the pandemic started in March of 2020, uh, your children don't know anything other than the life they've currently been living. Maybe they're not even fearful. It's just normal. Or perhaps you have an elementary age, middle elementary age child, and, and all they know is one day they were allowed to go to school. One day they were able to play on the playground. And within a week, all of that was stripped away and taken away. They were going to church and then they're not going to church. They're going to school and they're not going to school. They're doing virtual school and then they're doing homeschooling. So much of their world has been upheavaled, upended. And, you know, many of you I know are homeschooling, but I've talked to many homeschoolers. And even though life is normal, life isn't normal. You've altered something, your shopping habits. If you have certain convictions about something, you've, you've made decisions that have impacted your family. And your kids may not, your kids may be oblivious to it, but you know. So it shouldn't surprise us when we get these types of reports put out by the CDC that our children are at the losing end of this academic, specifically the academic, but also the social and the other elements of health, the physical health of being able to go outside and play, the ability to um, get together with friends that they're not afraid of. Some children are more fearful. Just the sight of seeing other people. I've watched young kids uh, that are walking down the sidewalk and they were once very happy-go-lucky, didn't have a care in the world. And now they view others that they see and they walk way around them. Have you seen that? It breaks my heart. Some of them don't even understand it. Some of them just accept it. But what are we going to do about it? What should we as a parent, a caregiver, a youth worker, an academia, what should, what should we do about it? Do we flood the flood? Do we flood the school board like they did in California and get the school board members that aren't operating on the best interest of children and get them removed and recalled? Possibly, if that's what God's calling you to do. Should you run for any of those elected positions? Sure, if that's what God's calling you to do. But the first thing you have to do is ask the Lord, what is he asking you to do? How does he want you to equip your children for the times, and I would say the perilous times that your kids are living in? No doubt they are perilous, aren't they? But it's interesting because we, we have, there have been study after study that talk about the cognitive delays in children of all ages. And if you have a 15, 16 year old, when the pandemic began, they've probably noticed the biggest disruption to their life. The not being able to walk across the stage at graduation, the, the not being able to get together with their friends. You know, many of you, you, you may not have had much adjustment in that area, but your friends, your children all know someone that has suffered with depression, uh, I would dare say, even suicidal thoughts. Your children, maybe even yours, 
have felt deep sense of loss and regret for what isn't, what will never be. Many of them are trusting the Lord, but it comes down to their personality and their bend. A lot of it comes down to you, mom and dad. How are you talking? How are you explaining what's going on in the world around them? Are you helping equip them to navigate this season that's going to continue on? And I know it's hard for you. And it's hard because you have so many cares right now. How do you even buy groceries for your family or fill up the car? I mean, yes, inflation's higher. Costs have increased. Many families long to even buy a house and and they can't because the housing prices have gone up. Insurance of costs have gone up. People we see being segregated, which is the strangest thing. We see people being elevated to positions of authority that really don't have skill. And it can be confusing to kids. But when we go back to what has happened to our children, the speech delays, the social, the emotional, the behavioral displays, for some, even the motor delays that they're experiencing. You know, we have forgotten that these children don't get to see as often as they should a smile. They don't get to kid around about much of anything because there's so much divisiveness and division in our country right now. And you're trying to teach them what's right and wrong, but the minute you teach them what's right and wrong, you also have to teach them how to navigate what they have been taught with explaining it or speaking out in society. You know, we can, we can protect our children and we should. There's absolutely that mandate for us. But in relation to kind of going back to the CDC report, and I think that's kind of where I want to focus because it was so alarming. It's, it was such a telltale sign that the Center for Disease Control have inserted themselves into the development of our children and not just the public safety and health of our children. And to me, it reveals what most of us have already known. Our children are the guinea pig. We don't know how this is going to turn out. Well, we do know in the end how it's going to turn out, but it's going to take a lot more of the parents. It's going to take a lot more of you being intentional to help them get back up to speed. And I would say, let's go beyond just catching up. Let's, let's go to excelling, surpassing. You've got the ability. You've got the opportunity to do that. If your children are in and out of school, you know, sometimes they're going to school and sometimes they stay home or sometimes they have to stay home because the whole school has sent everybody home. Whatever it looks like for you, there are things you can do to equip your children. And that's what we have to be about. We have to be about the business of equipping our children to navigate the seasons in which they're living in. We know things are, are pretty wonky right now, but our kids might not. They may be oblivious to it. What they might know is so-and-so is not talking to so-and-so because of such-and-such. Well, that's not new. That was happening way before the pandemic hit. For any given reason, a teenager will stop being BFFs with another. You know, when we think about our kids and what we can do to help them, there's some basic things. If you are considering 
and you all know me, you've been with me for a while. The education of our children is paramount to the survival of, and I would say the dominance of a culture, of a society. And while we do see cultural shifts that we are not in agreement with, we have to first and foremost prepare our children to live in the society that they're living in, and then work toward the rebuilding and and creating a better culture. Maybe getting the pendulum to swing where we aren't quite as afraid when we go out that something will happen or we'll get carjacked. I mean, these are all real, real issues that have snuck into all manners of life. We see the, that change and that shift. So as we, we talk today about the changes, I want you to think about if you've got your young children, engage with them on a cognitive level. Make sure that they can see your facial expression. A lot of people, they don't smile with their eyes. They just don't. They smile with their mouth. Look your child in the eyes. Talk with them. Sit down on the floor and play with them. Go outside and play in the dirt or the snow. <laughs> play with them. Look them in the eyes. Let them hear your laughter. Let them hear you making the most out of maybe a bad day. If you have elementary school children, do crafts with them. If you're a grandparent, don't just let the grandkids, when they come over, if they are allowed to come over, watch television, play a game with them, sit down and read a book, talk to them about when their mom and dad were little, tell funny stories, go for a little walk, let them see the joy and laughter in your face. If nothing else, be joyful in that moment because you have that time. If you have older children, you, you can get in the kitchen and cook together. And this seems so basic, doesn't it? But it isn't. Because we can get so busy with the cares of life. Getting dinner on the table is just, how can we do it in three easy steps? And we're not thinking about bringing our children into the process. And we're not thinking that, hey, cooking is actually science and math. And English, don't forget English, because if you're looking at a recipe, you've got to read. And don't forget there's research skills, because obviously if you're using your device to find the latest, greatest recipe for meatloaf, well, you got to use search, you got to use some research skills, you got to use some inductive reasoning, right? And don't forget about the science, because when you're cooking, a solid will turn to a liquid, or if you've made a meal and you're popping it in the freezer, well, then a liquid has just turned to a solid. There's science. And when you go outside, we recently had some folks at our house, some young kids, and they we have a lemon tree, and they wanted to see the lemon tree. And I was like, absolutely, we can go to the lemon tree. And they asked me, can we pick a lemon? I'm like, sure. Well, I picked, you know, I'm like, well, you pick the lemon. So I taught them how to pick a lemon. We don't think about it. We just go out and we do it. It's just, it's a little, something little that we can teach our children that they learn. Oh, you mean there is, there is a way to, to pick a lemon? We don't just take the, you know, the, 
the bat and whack one off the tree. No, there's a, there's a way because you want to protect the tree for future growth. And, and we picked these lemons and the first thing out of one of their mouths was, can we make some lemonade? <laughs> I'm like, absolutely. So we went in and I, we juiced the lemons and they all got to help juicing the lemons. And I know, I know all of you do this. But, but hearing somebody else explain what's happening in the mind and the wonderment of a child that's doing this instead of, okay, we got to hurry up and make this. We need to hurry up and get this done. Mommy's got work to do. Mommy's got laundry to do. Mommy's got a bazillion things to do. Dad has to get some projects out. We got to run some errands. But I, we juiced the lemons. We didn't do a lot. We juiced three, three lemons. And then they're like, well, now what? Well, I taught them how to make a simple syrup. Took a little sugar and put it in some water and dissolved it. Added that to the lemon juice and then added some more water. And I taught them chemistry. I taught them how you add ingredients together to create something palatable that you really enjoy. And they were, they were so excited. One of them didn't even like lemonade, but they were so excited because they made it. And then we added, of course, ice. And what happens to ice when you add it to warm water? Well, it dissolves. Well, there's science. And we just talked about it. So even though many children are wrestling with being behind academically, emotionally, socially, maybe they're wrestling with depression, maybe they're seeing things on social media that you wish they hadn't seen, or perhaps I did a a radio interview recently and it was about technology. And, you know, Friends, I've always been pro-technology. I I used to work for a a social media company. And part of what I did before I started the podcast is I used to do consulting for companies and help them develop a social media strategy. What's, you know, what's your messaging? And, you know, those were those were the things in my wheelhouse, and I love doing it. And I still hold that technology is neutral. I have a different position because of what we're learning and how children are being lured in and hours and hours of their lives are being wasted watching others. And we want our kids to not spend their days watching what others are doing, but to create. A friend of mine, we worked at Disney and he was a lead innovator. And often he talks about how children, and I speak about this a lot, but how children are born creative. They're born adventurers. They're born to be explorers. Send a kid outside and and they're going to get into something. They're going to find a bug, a dead bug. They're going to find something. You're like, oh, don't. They're innovators. There's a problem. Many kids will just try to naturally solve the problem. And that's good. And we were talking just about what's the shift that's happening in our culture and how jobs are being replaced. And I want to encourage you that while there has been this massive shift and while many children have been dumbed down and they've been the fallout, they're, they're the ones that are, unfortunately, the brunt of this experiment, so to speak. And while that is happening, 
it's our opportunity to equip and prepare them to excel and soar, to find solutions to today's problems, to pursue what is excellent over what is good. And that is your opportunity to enter into a place that they desperately need you to step into. I love talking about this. I love talking about child development and how do we help our children grow. We realize a world that's not normal. They view the world. If we, if you and I do our job well, they don't see what's wrong. They don't see how everything's abruptly changed the way you and I do. We want to teach them to see the world as there's problems that they can solve. There's situations that they can remedy. They may be the very child who innovates a product that's never been seen before because they have the gift of time. Life isn't quite as busy as it was. I hope that's the case for y'all. <laughs> and there's my Florida for y'all. I'm not, you know, Florida's not really Southern. Sorry, I am from Florida. But this particular segment is so important to me because your children matter. It's an area that I've spent over 30 years of my life with working with kids and education. It's an opportunity for you to empower your kids. Not to get hung up on what is wrong with everything, to let that get you stuck, but to find solutions, to be a light, to shine a light for others that really are lost or do feel hopeless, to be a torchbearer. Some of you are going to feel called to stand up and speak up louder than others. Some of your kids are going to do the same thing. But my goal is that you help your children discover who they are, where they belong, where they fit in within your family, and that their value and worth is who God says that they are, and that he's given them unique gifts, strengths, and talents that he's going to use to meet the needs of the society that they live in. So even though we have the CDC dumbing down and telling us that there is a fallout, there is a there is the experiment has failed our children. You can still be a positive parent and help your children. You can show affection to your children and and help recognize their accomplishments. You can help your children develop a sense of responsibility. Ask them to help. You can talk with your kids about respecting others. Encourage them to help people that are in need. Help your children learn patience. Patience with you, patience with their siblings, patience with others. Help them set goals, not just for the sake of having a checklist or a to-do goal list, but for the sake of having a purpose. Do fun things together. Turn those devices off. Be together. Play together. 
Go on outings together. Don't praise your children for the way they look or how good they are at a specific like sport. Praise them for who they are at their character, at their core. Point those out. Do it often. Encourage your kids to find a place where they can serve or volunteer if that's permissible in your area. And you know what? Support your kids with their challenges. Encourage them by asking simple questions when they see a problem. How can you help solve that problem? What can you do? Help them even solve disagreements that they have with others. You know, we've lost the ability to have civil discourse. Well, maybe reestablishing communication begins with you and your child in the neighborhood or in the church or in school. But you know, it's an opportunity for you. It's an opportunity for us to not waller in what has happened but to help our children excel. Yes, they might be behind a little bit. Knowledge is power, right? Help them regain what is lost and surpass. Give them a vision of what that can look like. We don't have to talk about how we don't want the new normal. You just want them to enjoy what God has brought today and how God's going to provide for them in the future, whatever that looks like. So while we do see the dumbing down of our children, your children don't have to be one of the casualties. Your children do not have to be or remain part of that statistic. Thank you so much for your faithful listenership to Equip to Be, for tuning in every week, for your encouragement. And if you have topics you want us to discuss, make sure you send those to contact at connieoppers.com. You can ask questions, send them to, send send me questions that you might have. If you want to explore ideas, we appreciate you and we're here because of you. We're here to pour into you because you are equipped to be a doer of God's word. You are equipped to do what God has called you to do. And he wants you to do that with excellence. Have a great week. We'll see you next Wednesday. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.